Hello and welcome back to my podcast, but this time it's not just me. Uh, This is something uh, I've been wanting to do for a while. I've officially brought on a co-host to recreate the podcast and we are now the Bench Boys Podcast and my co-host, I'd like to introduce him. He's my fellow co-worker as a manager for Oregon State Men's Basketball, Jacob Barton. Welcome, man. What up? What up? Excited to be here. Let's go. We made it. Uh, you finally got on the show. Been wanting to do this for a while. Been procrastinating it. Uh, it's all good though. Uh, Jacob, you're like I just told the audience. Your manager here, first year as a uh, student manager for Oregon State men's basketball. Tell me about your experience. How are you? How are you liking it so far? Oh yeah, man. Um, I'm loving it. To be honest with you, um, when I first started and I moved into Oregon State right away, I had a uh, work, you know, day one and. I was super nervous because, you know, growing up a Oregon State fan, I'd always watch them play games. I'm like, dang, man, that like they're super cool. And now I'm here working with them. I'm like, okay, now I'm going to like Do you still, friends with you still them. think they're super cool? Yeah, you know. Some, <laughs> yeah, no, no, they're great. Um, it, it's just super cool. I was obviously nervous at first, me and them and me and the coaches and all that. But now I'm just settled in and it's it's awesome. Yeah, I do remember you being a little bit stressed, and uh, it's it's not a, a super um, easy job. It requires a lot, and it's pretty stressful sometimes. But the dynamic is pretty easy. It's pretty yeah. pretty smooth, and it's it's a fun group to be around. Good group of guys and good group of uh, coaches as well. So, first first segment we want to talk about today is uh, the NBA playoffs. Right now, we're actually watching uh, Lakers Nuggets. We have it on the TV, and Lakers are up. Uh, by 10 they're down 3-0 in the series though let's talk about that series first yeah so lakers down 3-0 kind of put themselves in a hole um lebron has been putting up decent numbers uh really struggling from three but it's really been Jokic and murray the two-man game between them that's been completely unstoppable pretty much throughout the whole uh, the entire playoffs um what can you say about what the nuggets have done to put themselves in this position yeah well um I mean, what I've kind of seen is just, like, great coaching for the Nuggets. You know, he's he's put guys out there that you wouldn't expect to really just be the guys starting on a championship roster, like mm-hmm. KCP. You know, he's, yeah. he's fit that role perfectly at that starting shooting guard. And then off the bench, you got Bruce Brown, who's going back to his uh, Brooklyn Nets days when he started kind of showing the league that mm-hmm. he's here to stay. And now he's been a huge spark plug for them off the bench and looking great. I agree. I think they're uh... – their bench, I mean, everybody just does their job, and it seems like they don't miss. They're the, they're the kind of team that, like, man, you once you get well, – you stop Jokic, you stop Murray maybe, but these other guys, when, they, when they're hitting shots, it's the most deflating thing to watch. I'm a, I'm a LeBron fan. I'm sure you know this. Mm-hmm. And I, I want to see the Lakers win just for LeBron, but it's really deflating when every time they swing it to the next man over, that guy is just ready to shoot and shoots it with – with confidence and they just they just make everything so for sure the nuggets have definitely been the better team i think the lakers are starting to wear down a little bit and uh speaking of wearing down lebron i mean he's 38 years old mm-hmm. mentioned this earlier but he he did just come off a, a foot injury that some would say is the reason he's not playing as aggressive or playing as good what do you think it is more of you think he's just getting old or do you think the once the foot injury is healed he'll be back to his his old self that he was at the beginning of the nba season yeah well i i think it's a combination of both like you're watching this game these games i don't think 
him getting old has really done much because, I mean, he's still putting up great stats every yeah. night. He's still dominating the game. The only thing that I've seen different is he's not been as aggressive, tacking the hoop, uh, bullying guys down low, and just getting those hard-earned points. I mean, he's still getting it done, but, you know, he's been settling a lot more for three-point shots, and people have been noticing it because he hasn't been making a ton. Yeah. But, yeah. D'Angelo Russell talks about him earlier as well. So they decided to bench him. They didn't start him, which is actually something they should have done probably after game one. Uh, what, what, what's the future for D'Lo as the point guard of the Los Angeles Lakers? Do you think they bring him back next year? Do you think um, it was the right decision benching him? Because I'm watching, I mean, we've been watching this game, first half of this game, and they are playing really good having D'Lo come off the bench and having Schroeder and Rui in the starting lineup. Yeah, I don't think D'Lo has much of a future. I personally like Schroeder a lot because I think mm-hmm. he's a dog. And, I mean, he just he fits in a role pretty well. And I think D'Lo, you know, obviously when he's on, he's on. But since he's been so off recently, he's been getting a lot of hate. And it kind of seems like his mojo's off. Yeah. And it's really been affecting his game. Have you noticed that that kind of happens to a lot of people that come over to play with LeBron? Like, they're really – they're pretty good, right? And then they get to LeBron, to playing with LeBron, and their, their game just kind of falls off. I don't know if it's, like, the pressure or the confidence or they, it's just a completely different role that they have to adjust to so quickly. Right. But he's not the only one that I've seen, you know, play with LeBron over the years. There's been so many people that under are underwhelming when they start playing with LeBron. Um, I think it's the – like, you know, like I said, adjusting to a new role so quickly. He was acquired at the trade deadline and then – also, Denver is exposing him defensively, which mm. just diminishes your confidence completely. So For sure. I think Denver's done a really good job. And uh, I, I see them, obviously, Lakers are up, I think, 15 now at halftime. But, you know, I, I give the Lakers, as much as a LeBron fan I am, uh, a 0% chance to, to come back from 3 yeah. nothing and become the first team to ever uh, win a playoff series down 3-0. Let's, I agree. Uh, let's talk about the... Uh, Celtics Heat, another uh, series that one team is down 3-0, but not the team that you would expect to be down 3-0, right. the, the Boston Celtics, um, two-seed playing against the eight-seed Miami Heat. Miami Heat, we talked about this earlier, are a play-in team, mm-hmm. same as the Lakers, but the Miami Heat actually had to play two, had to play two play-in games to get into the playoffs, and here they are up 3-0 against the reigning Eastern Conference champions. They have... Not your, you're not, they don't have your traditional roster of superstars with really good role players. I mean, they do have really good role players, but they these guys are all a lot of these guys are undrafted. Let's go through the list real quick. So, yeah. uh, name I might forget one. So Gabe Vincent, yep. Duncan Robinson, mm-hmm. uh, Caleb Martin, yep. Where's it, Cody? Caleb. Caleb. Caleb Martin. <laughs> they look exactly like. Yep. Um. <laughs> Caleb Martin, uh, who are the who are the oh Max Drews? Yep. These guys are all are all hitting timely shots, and I, that's the that's the biggest thing that I think that's been for both Denver and Miami. The role players are hitting shots exactly when they need to be, yeah. when they need to when they need to be hit, and uh, their superstars are doing their job. So, what can you say about the way Miami has succeeded against Boston, with not your most traditional strategy? Yeah. So. Um... What we're seeing out of the Heat is obviously a great coaching performance by Spolstra. I mean, he is out coaching the Celtics like crazy. And like what you're seeing out of these undrafted guys is you're seeing a bunch of dogs go out, out <laughs> on that floor 
with their heart on their shoulders, on their sleeves, and they're giving everything they have, and they're knocking down shots, expecting everything to go in, and having the utmost confidence. And, of course, you got Jimmy Butler out there, who's their leader. He's been doing everything he can, put on a show. And, of course, you got Autobio holding down the five, and it's been a great team basketball we've been watching. I agree. So coaching for the Heat is definitely one of their strengths, especially over Boston. Joe Mazzula, 34 years old, head coach of the Celtics, the youngest coach in the league, I believe. Um, he He's kind of shown his inexperience. And talk tell, what is what exactly did he say in the par- press conference after game three that – kind of got you worried about about the Celtics yeah so he basically said like you know I'll take credit for that loss I didn't have the guys yeah. ready <laughs> like it was 100% his fault yeah um what I mean would you if you were in his position do you think he was just doing it to seem like the good coach who's taking the bullet for the team or do you think he actually deserves most of the blame I mean, there's no doubt in my mind that he's getting outcoached out there. I mean, it, it's pretty obvious. But here's the thing. You know, he's saying he didn't have his guys ready. But it, we are in the NBA playoffs here, man. Yep. If you have to get your guys ready, then you don't deserve to be in this spot. He was he was talking about his speeches, right? His speeches yeah. weren't getting – I'm like, you, you shouldn't have to motivate, you know, give a whatever, however long speech in order to motivate – Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, two superstar NBA players, right. in order to get them to perform at their highest level, and really just the whole team. I mean, the whole th- the whole team's pretty been pretty. Uh, you know, you look on paper, you could be like, oh, well, you know, they're not playing that bad, but their shooting percentages are pretty bad, and their energy is so low. They look disinterested every single game, For especially sure. in the fourth quarter. Holy mm-hmm. shit! I mean, Jimmy Butler has made them look uh, completely pathetic in the clutch, and the Celtics, who you'd think have the better team on paper would be and have an experienced team because they have the same guys returning from last year when they made their finals run you would think they'd have the the experience and the knowledge to really come through in the clutch but that's been the complete opposite case against a really tough miami squad yeah i mean you look at the celtics roster and they're so deep you know yeah. they got tons of talent Sixth man of the year. Oh, of course. Malcolm Brogdon, yeah. That was a huge addition. And, you know, they look just on paper. Their team is great. And then you put them out there. Of course, they're going to compete at a certain level, but they haven't made that jump. Mm-hmm. When Miami, you know, Miami's busting their ass out there every day. And then they, um, when it gets to that fourth quarter, it really shows who's ready to go the extra step. Yep. And the Heat apply more pressure, and the Celtics just stay level the whole time. And that's. You so, know, so yes, the first, first two games there was double digit leads, yep. and um, he came back easily and no sense of back. urgency. Yeah, it's been pretty disappointing. I want to I want to um, get we can run through each of our uh, NBA Finals predictions. Mm-hmm. Who do you think wins the NBA Finals, and how many games? And you know what what do you think are the keys to the success for whoever you choose to win? Yeah, so uh, no doubt I think Nuggets Heat will be there. I think Heat. You know, I think the Celtics may steal a game or two from them. But I don't think it will go past six. Yeah, no way. Um, and I think Nuggets will get it done tonight or tomorrow, even though Lakers are killing it right now. Um, but I think I'm going to take the Heat in seven over the Nuggets in the finals. Okay. So, 
Who who and who do you think wins Finals MVP in that series? Oh, it's Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler. Okay. Even if he doesn't have the best stats, I still think he's going to win. Because it's it's a fan vote, right? Oh fan, yeah. Oh yeah. The fans aren't going to vote for for anybody except for Jimmy. He's of a fan course. favorite. So, all right. I like I like that pick. Um, what about you? I'm thinking. Watching the Nuggets absolutely dismantle the Lakers, I think the Nuggets have the more balanced team. Mm-hmm. I think oh, shit. <laughs> I think in the end the Nuggets take take the heat in seven okay. to win it. Um, I, I the, the Miami Heat just I as much as I respect their undrafted role players and all the big time plays they've been able to make, I I still think. Denver is they have the same amount of effective role players but Denver's in my opinion just better I think Bruce Brown is is more effective I think KCP is more effective and I think uh, Aaron Gordon Michael Porter Jr. are are more effective as well so although I like Jimmy Butler and Bam more as a duo than I do Nicola and Murray I think I think Denver um takes a series in seven games but uh and i think nicole will definitely win mvp like like you said he'll you know even if murray scores 35 a game Jokic is still probably going to drop a triple double every single game and and they'll give it to him so it should be interesting lineup or you know matchup it'll it'll be a great series yeah it'll be a great series unless the goat lebron james comes back (laughs) (laughs) he has 31 at the half right now uh which is absurd which is the most actually he's had in a playoff, in a playoff game, game this year, no, in this year he's he hasn't. He, playoff game this year. His his season high or his post game post postseason high this playoffs is thirty points per thirty points against the Warriors really? in Game Six, and he has thirty one in the first half Dang. of Game Four against the Nuggets right now. So we'll, we'll see if he can drop fifty. Uh, so I know you're a huge Blazer fan. Yes, sir. Uh, more than I am for sure. You've been living in the Portland area pretty much your whole life, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I just moved to Portland, so I'm not, you know, I'm a, I'm a Blazer fan. I've actually met Damian Lillard. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you met Damian Lillard? I have, yeah. Okay, let's go. <laughs> um, and I, I've, I'm really starting to build some passion for the for the Blazer organization, but it's also kind of hard because it's been a rough last two seasons. Uh, Damian Lillard just had his arguably, I mean, he, he got kind of injured towards the end and they mm-hmm. tanked, but he was balling. I mean, oh, he had like he was like 33 points per game, made I think second or third team All-NBA. But they don't have the pieces to be a competitive basketball team right now. Right. And um, luckily, they just got the third pick in the draft. So uh, what do you think the Blazers should do with that third pick? How does that you know, impact their future going forward? Yeah, well, um, I personally am a huge fan of Scoot Henderson. Um, I think he's going to be a beast. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, there's still the question whether you're going to get him or Brand Miller. And I know Dame isn't willing to wait for a guy to develop and maybe win a championship. He said that. Five years down. Yeah. yeah. So um, I think there's no doubt in my mind you trade it. Really? Yeah. And who, name some potential some potential trade options for the Blazers for that third pick. Yeah. So um, I've been seeing a lot of names like Jalen Brown, of course, OG Ananobi, mm-hmm. Pascal Siakam. There was uh, Mikhail Bridges in there, but the Nets just said the other day that they're not going to trade him. It's a damn shame. Uh, yeah. I mean, man, I'd love to see him in Portland. <laughs> yeah. um, and then a couple other names like Julius Randle, but, man, we don't want him in Portland. His body language is awful. Yeah. Have you seen 
real quick before you keep going. There was, I mean, they, they literally, there was a whole segment on inside the NBA of Chuck and Shaq literally just highlighting Julius Randle's body language every time he would miss a shot. He would not get back on defense and he would not contest. Yeah. He's awful. Anyways. We don't need that in Portland. Yeah, we don't need that in Portland at all. Who, who else would you say is, uh, is a good, who's like your prime candidate if you had to choose one? My prime candidate would be Joel Embiid. All right, and name the pieces the Blazers. I mean, obviously, you said you don't know the financial side of things, but assuming you were the Blazers GM, who would you be willing to give up for for Joel Embiid? So, uh, obviously, a few factors would have to play into it. You know, 76ers would have to be willing to tank, you know, maybe lose James Harden because <laughs> he's already voiced that he wants to leave. You fired your coach. You know, you still have to. Tobias Harris floating around there with a max contract, which is crazy. Haven't made the conference finals. <laughs> but um, for us, if we want to get Embiid, we'd have to throw in, obviously, a third pick, um, Anthony Simons, Nasir Little, um, and then you're just going to have to throw in a few other firsts, to be honest with <laughs> yeah. you. We have, another, we have two firsts, including the third pick, of course, but you just have to throw in, like, at least four first rounders. I agree. I think, I think the 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 market nowadays in the NBA's Oof. is crazy. It's all it's all fucked up. It's like, absurd. Yeah. So, yeah. you know the the amount of picks, you know the amount of money guys are being given, the amount of picks that are being traded to to franchises for for players that you would assume aren't worth that much. Right. Is crazy. So I think the market is getting crazy. I think the, you'd be surprised. Most people, not you, obviously, would be surprised by. The amount of picks and the amount of money, or the amount of players that the Blazers would have to give up in order to get a piece like Joel Embiid. Yeah, I love personally the Jalen Brown idea. Mm-hmm. Um, I've also thought about the Pelicans. The Pelicans Ooh. have pieces. Um, Brandon Ingram. I could see him being traded. I also think he'd be great with Dame. Yeah. Who knows though? Um, I don't think Zion's gonna last, but mm-hmm. I also don't want him on the Blazers. I just don't see him lasting on the Pelicans. So right. I wouldn't. I would. I mean, I don't think Zion's going to get traded this year, or he's or or going to be leaving in the next year or two. Right. But um, I could see the Pelicans definitely making some sort of moves on draft night mm-hmm. for, you know, whether it's a pick or another player. I think the Blazers should keep that the, that Pelican squad in mind because they they got pieces. Oh yeah. They got two young wings and uh, Trey Murphy and Herber Jones too, who are really good three and D guys. Yeah. And I think. I mean, I can't name a single three and D player on the Blazers. <laughs> yeah, it kind of gets it gets tough out there. <laughs> and, and I hope they get rid of Nurkic. Oh, I would I, I really, love that. Yeah, I really don't think he's he's a center for that squad. For a championship caliber squad, <laughs> no way. I mean, even the Blazers. I mean, it was the last time they were in the conference finals. They got swept against the Warriors. Mm. So, the, it's going to be really hard for the Blazers to be a championship squad. But if you get players that can make you get you to the conference finals i think that's the most you could ask for at least right now and eventually once that becomes the expectation you're or once be, once that becomes a regular your expectations rise and then the fan base is going to want championships yeah right so i do think blazers fans need to be are going to have to be patient for another you know five to ten years Ooh. for that <laughs> maybe five who knows <laughs> for, for that you know real finals experience but it'd be pretty. It'd be even more disappointing, I think, if they continue on this trend of being a below-average team in the Western Conference, especially with a guy like Damian Lillard, of course. who's just a superstar, level, superstar in the league. 
Yeah. So, you want to talk about football? I know you're a Jaguars fan. I have, yes, wait. I want to ask, why the hell are you a Jaguars <laughs> fan? Yeah. So, funny story. I uh, I used to collect these like miniature football helmets back in the day. Do you know yeah. what I'm talking about? Like, yeah. I I actually have I I have some of those. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, <laughs> This is before I had a team, because obviously there's no team in Oregon. And I was like, man, this this Jaguar one looks pretty cool. <laughs> and then I hopped on my Madden video game on the Wii, and I'm like, man, I love this Maurice Jones-Drew guy. Like, he's awesome. And I've just kind of <laughs> stayed with the Jaguars since then. It's been a struggle, but, you know, we're seeing a turnaround now. It's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. What's the, what's their slogan again? Duval. Okay. What what is that? What does that mean again? <laughs> That's a great question, actually. I wish I had a solid answer for you. I just love yelling it whenever. Okay, yeah, I've seen you yell it before. I have no clue what it means, though. So, <laughs> they had a good second half of the season. What do you see from them going forward? Uh, I mean, do you think they're going to be ready to compete for a Super Bowl anytime soon? Is Trevor Lawrence really the guy to take you there? I think T-Law's that guy, but um, I would say two to three years, Jags win a Super Bowl, lock it wow. in. Who, so other than Trevor Lawrence, this is, this is when you come in. I mean, who, who, are, their, who, are, their, who are their best players? Um, I think, obviously, our run game's pretty solid. We got ETN. We got some nice developing linemen. And then uh, Evan Ingram showed out last year. We're getting Calvin Ridley. and then You are getting Calvin Ridley. Yeah. Did you already sign him? Uh, well, he was on the team before. We traded for him. Uh, oh, he was shit. just suspended the After whole last year. After a suspension, yeah. yeah. So he's come back, and then our defense is solid, man. Okay. They're solid. I look forward to seeing you guys. Okay, interesting. I'm an Irish fan. Yeah. We can talk about the quarterback situation real quick. Okay. What, I mean, I want to hear your thoughts. Who do you think – they got rid of Jim G. He's on the Raiders now. Yeah. So they have Purdy and Lance. Oh, boy. Where do you, where do you go <laughs> moving forward if you're the Niners with the quarterback situation? Man. Um – to be honest with you, I don't know if I trust Trey Lance like that. Um, I think you go into next season, you're starring Purdy. Uh, and yeah. then if he can't keep up what he was doing at the end of last year, then you try Trey Lance out. And you just keep doing your Niner thing. Just try to keep stringing together some wins and see if you can do anything in the postseason. But, yeah, it's going to be it's just going to be something that you're going to have to kind of ride out and figure it out down the road our defense is always solid oh yeah always solid i mean i think we were number one in the in the league last year in defensive rating but the niners their quarterback situation is a little bit it's 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 kind of screwed i mean yeah Purdy proved himself quite a bit in in the postseason last year right mm-hmm. but can you can you really trust him going forward as your full-time starting quarterback with a team that has expectations to reach a super bowl yeah, I mean that's tough. I mean, you I, definitely I, can't trust Trey Lance. So I was I, say, I, I, let me let me let me Lance. let me say this first. I agree with you. So, I mean, if Purdy doesn't work out, I don't even think you go with Trey Lance. In my opinion, I think you trade Trey Lance if Purdy isn't good. You trade you trade Trey Lance for another, you know, starting caliber quarterback and some picks or maybe another player. Mm. Picks are this is the thing about the NFL. Everyone wants picks. Have yeah. you noticed that? It's not like the NBA where like it's most, crazy, it, isn't it? I know it's a di- it's really interesting seeing the difference in in what in the value that picks carry across each association. That's what like obviously I want to be a general manager in the NBA yeah. one day. Um, but sometimes I think about it like, man, being an NFL GM kind of seems nice. Like <laughs> you got DeAndre Hopkins kind of floating around the trade block right now. I was like, if I'm the Jaguars, I'm just throwing a couple of picks oh, and yeah. getting him. Like, man, enough is never enough. 
You just keep loading talent on your team, and it's people like just trade like fourth round picks for Pro Bowlers. Yeah, it's 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 nuts. I don't I don't get it. I mean, it it works out for them sometimes, but Mm. it's just a little confusing seeing the contrast between the associations. Seriously. All right, so you know you're a beaver beaver diehard. Yes, sir. Uh, Not just in basketball, but baseball and football. You're just a beaver diehard in general. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't start following beaver sports until i committed here to oregon state let's talk about beaver baseball right now because they're in season oh yeah uh what do you what do you see from beaver baseball right now yeah so uh you know obviously they're hot they're uh, Mm -hmm. ranked number 10 in the nation they kind of started out a little slow but and people after last year we had a ton of talent but then we lost some of our pitching staff cooper jerpy of course and uh, people weren't expecting too much, but, you know, classic Beaver baseball, they're going to be good. Yeah. You just never know how good. But um, we're heading into the Pac-12 tournament as the two seed mm-hmm. playing Arizona, so we'll see how that goes. But for me, I mean, I don't think we make it out of regionals this year. Mm. Okay. So the expectations I know weren't as high for this year's team as they were for last year's team, mm-hmm. as you mentioned lost Cooper Hederpe, but they, I, th- I think they can get out. I think as a two seed and if they win, I mean, if they win the Pac-12 tournament, I could definitely see them making out of the regional. Yeah. Do you think, who do you, I mean, who's a team who doesn't matter, literally just name a team that they could lose to in the regional that you don't think that they're good enough to beat? You know, I, I look at some of these SEC schools and I just wonder if we could really compete with some of them because when it came to pac 12 play like we even lost a utah one game and yep. they're bottom of the pack but you know obviously if we get hot we'll do damage mm-hmm. but i just feel like we've been so inconsistent that it just doesn't look great to me you know we have dogs on the team like travis Bazana, garrett forrester you have gavin turley he started off the season super hot he cooled down a lot and then you even saw him bench some games yep. now he's back He's mashing the ball. Mason Guerra, he's looking great with the bat. But I just – I don't know if the pitching staff is strong enough to really make it through a regional. It seems like pitching has been the issue, the, mm. the reason we've, we've let a bunch of games slip away. Yeah. Here's a good question. Do you think uh, Forrester who, – who do you think leaves after this year? I know Bazan is having a hell of a year. Forrester is having a hell of a year. Yeah. I, know, I thought Forrester was going to declare after last year. Do yeah. you think – who on the team right now do you think is leaving Well, for the draft? Um, Bazana can't leave since he's only a sophomore, which is a beautiful thing. Wait, how do, why? So um, you cannot declare for the MLB draft until after your junior year. That's why Adley oh. Rochman was around for so long. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. But you can go to the MLB draft after high school? Yes, sir. <laughs> but if you if you commit to college, you got to... Three years. What the fuck? That, makes, that doesn't make sense it's to crazy. me. It's crazy. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Well, I guess it's good to hear because we we could really use Bazana for for another year. Yeah. No kidding. But um, um, to be honest with you, I don't really know like the official years of these guys because after COVID, man, everything's so screwed up. Like you never know if a guy is a super senior now or just a regular senior with another year of eligibility. So I I couldn't tell you who. It is a little confusing. Yeah. It's it's all over the place. Yeah. Well, uh, <clears throat> I think that I think we're gonna wrap it up there. Okay. Um, first, before we end the episode, I want to give a quick shout out to our guy, Alan Bernard, who created our logos for this newly revamped podcast. Uh, Alan Bernard is 
creative he works for creative design and uh, photography and graphic design for beaver athletics he's in charge of making all our cool uh all the cool highlight reels and game day graphics and um taking a bunch of cool photos for us and i asked him pulled in called in a favor to make us a logo so i just want to say thank you to him for doing that and uh you know jacob we're really excited that you're here to get this bench boys podcast rolling yes sir and uh hold on i just want to explain bench boys podcast uh, if you didn't pick up on it we as managers during the games uh when we're working we are sitting on the bench uh whether we're yelling our asses mm-hmm. yelling our asses off or cheering or whatever it is uh that's where the name came from so we're really excited for this uh, new chapter and uh let's get it man yeah looking forward to it